0: That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By. Powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation! Denver Sports presents the
1: Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By.
0: Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach Bai. And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to a 108-103 uppercase W at Ball Arena on Thursday night. Nuggets have the Lakers in a bit of a vice grip. I was in the building it was as live of an atmosphere in the fourth quarter as anything that I can remember. Now, I'm not I'm not saying that um, that's the loudest ball arena has ever been, but I'm also saying that nothing else has ever surpassed that. Like that 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 is the that is the zenith of noise. That was piercing. That was Nathan McKinnon going 200 feet with a minute left and completing a hat trick to send the Avs to overtime against the Blues uh, uh, in, in the Stanley Cup run. That was uh, just, again, fill in the blank, Aaron Gordon's alley dunk with seconds left in game number one uh, that was going to secure a victory. I mean, it was a fever-freaking pitched, uh, pitch and uh, just a, a moment, a true moment, in Denver sports history, if the Nuggets go on to close out the Lakers in this series and reach their first ever NBA Finals, that's how it gets sort of notarized as of an official great moment. Uh, if for some reason the, the the wheels come off the tracks and the Lakers come back and win this series, that that get, gets minimized and not forgotten, uh, but just minimized. Uh, but it's a it it it's a full it's a legendary performance from Jamal Murray. Um, But you get the the seal of approval for all-time Denver sports moment when you go on and win this series. And I do believe they're going on to win this series. I I had it Nuggets in seven. Uh, I do believe – well, we'll talk about what's going to happen in in Los Angeles here in just a little bit. But let's not um, zoom past game number two, which was disjointed, imperfect, looked like the team didn't have the juice in large swaths of this uh, basketball game. I did not think uh, Nikola Jokic played particularly well. You wouldn't know that by looking at the stat sheet. That's why you got to watch the games and know the temperature on which things fall and not just hover over a box score, okay? Uh, that's a that's a more broad conversation with our national media right now, which is just – it's, it's um, hilarious, okay? Maybe we'll revisit that in a couple minutes. But we've got to just dwell on Jamal's performance here uh, to begin this podcast because Jamal – um goodness five of 17 in the first three quarters if you were frustrated by jamal uh if you were even upset by uh, the lack of performance you had every right to this is not one of those things where you say you just take a magic eraser and say hey none of that happened right like like you know when you're reacting on twitter and I, i didn't do this but but i could have and maybe some others did um of like, hey, you know, Jamal, hey, he's really struggling. And then he turns it on in the fourth quarter, and and there's bound to be a reply that says, you know, this didn't age well. Well, hold on a second. It doesn't mean it wasn't true at that moment, <laughs> right? It doesn't mean you weren't just calling a spade a spade. So both things are true at the exact same time. And for Jamal, this has sort of been his history as a professional compressed or microwaved into one game, right? What's the one thing? And we've have talked about it at nauseum. I almost feel guilty going back to it, but you're not you'd be doing your own self a disservice to not mention it or reference it. The one thing that has held Jamal Murray back from the All Star status that his game says he so rightfully deserves uh, is the consistency. He, for whatever reason, has still to this day has not crossed through the threshold of being uh in, in, a an a version of himself every single night. now whether that's an a plus an a or an a minus, right there's spectrum right you're not going to score 30 every single night so there's spectrums uh, 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 to the caliber of, of play that we're asking. but you, you you can't go from a plus to C plus. that's that's what has driven nuggets fans nuts. that's what has driven uh, Michael Malone nuts in years past. And you you had that sort of a roller coaster vibe just compressed uh, into one basketball game, right? <clears throat> if you watch the game and shut the game off after three quarters, um, there's no way you're convinced that Jamal can do much of anything to uh, surpass what he put on film for the first three quarters. But we know as basketball fans and as sports fans, um, the stage gets bigger the longer the game goes. What you do in the fourth quarter is not equal to what you do in the first quarter. So uh, the fact that Jamal woke up to such a degree, like hashtag Undertaker gif, like him, his awakening and going nuclear in the fourth quarter was as remarkable as anything that we have seen in these NBA playoffs in any series. I don't Jimmy Butler, Devin Booker, put them all put them all up there. And what Jamal Murray did was as impactful, if not more impactful, than any singular performance in any one quarter in these NBA playoffs. And in the fact that it was in comeback fashion against the Lakers, who played so desperate and threw another terrific punch, L.A. was in the driver's seat of this game for for nearly the entire way. Like, I don't know what – and this isn't really a stat in basketball – um, and I'm not saying it's not out there cause I'm sure that it is. We have numbers for everything, but like in football, you have like the time of possession, like how long are you in control of the game? And I'd like to know how many minutes of the 48 were the, the Lakers in the lead. I mean, they were in the driver's seat for, um, nearly the, the entire way. Uh, but, but I'll say this, they never, a, 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 despite being in control, the Lakers never pulled away from Denver. Denver actually had a larger lead, a larger lead than any Lakers lead in the game. Think about that. The largest Lakers lead was 11. The largest Nuggets lead was 12. It just didn't feel like that because like the quote unquote time of possession or time of control um, was, uh, was, was more dominated by the Lakers. So, and again, sloppy finish, right? Like the, when, when, when the, the is falling on the Lakers, they had an opportunity to... Uh, the Nuggets had an opportunity to absolutely bury Los Angeles, and they didn't. So, imperfect. But th- that was like what happened in game number one, right? It was the opposite. You were in control the whole time, and the Lakers came back, um, and and, and you, you just edged them out or whatever. And this was the Lakers were in control the whole time. You came back, and then you let Los Angeles back in it. Again, I'll say what I said after game number one. It doesn't really matter. Like, you style points do not exist in the NBA playoffs so the fact that you outscored Los Angeles 32 to 24 in the final 12 minutes that's the point that that's the point right there so Jamal Murray scores 23 points in the fourth quarter more than any other Laker had in the entire game think about that I want to say it again because it's so impactful Jamal Murray scored more points in the last 12 minutes of the game than any Laker had in in the entire 48 minutes of the game. Jamal Murray now has more points in the two fourth quarters in this series. He's got 31 points in in fourth quarters in in games uh, one and two. You can add up Anthony Davis and LeBron's fourth quarter points, and it doesn't match uh, Jamal's 31. So combine AD and LeBron, their two fourth quarters, game one and game two, you combine them, equal 28 points. Jamal Murray's two fourth quarters, Uh, In the series, 31 points. Just remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. That's the fourth time now in his career that Jamal Murray has scored 20 points or more in a fourth quarter. That is the most of any player in the last 25 years. Quite literally historic. Quite literally historic. And here's another stat for you. The Nuggets have lost Once this season versus a Western Conference opponent at home when Jokic plays. I'm going to say that again. The Nuggets have lost once this entire season versus a Western Conference opponent at home when Jokic plays. The Nuggets are now 31-1 versus Western Conference teams at home when Jokic is playing. They're 8-0 in the playoffs. And by the way, the one loss is a literal one point loss in early December against Dallas. I think it was like one sixteen, one fifteen. Um so that's legendary and, and and we've been talking about this, you know, in, in setting the table for this series like the, the Nuggets have never beaten the Lakers in a playoff series, certainly not in the Western Conference Finals. They never had a 1-0 lead against the Lakers uh, in, in a playoff series, so they've certainly never had a 2-0 series, obviously, uh, a series lead. Um, but this is the, just the second time. This is remarkable, okay, considering all the times that these two teams have met in the playoffs since 1976. This is just the second time in team history beating the Lakers two straight playoff games. So we are in a totally different uh, space. It is uh, awesome. Uh, The Nuggets are uh, such a heavy favorite now to win the series. Historically, when teams take a 2-0 lead in the conference finals in the NBA, they go on to win 92% of the time. Now you go win that third game in Los Angeles, well now you're you're dealing with history that's never uh, been uh, overcome no one has ever come back from a 3-0 series lead in in, in the history of the NBA playoffs. So, um uh what an opportunity uh on Saturday evening. Uh we'll give a prediction for that at the very end here. Uh but Jamal out of the gate just just deserved his flowers, uh the itiveness the resilience, uh the confidence that we just saw this from Jason Tatum. Uh uh last weekend where I think his numbers I think he was one for 14 like literally couldn't make a layup uh and there he was uh in the highest leverage moments of the game just you know bringing across the finish line for Boston same thing just just supreme confidence uh from uh Jamal Murray and it's in that Jason Tatum variety um so you just you absolutely uh love to see it a a legendary performance from Jamal Murray and um I'm imagining his confidence going into game three, despite being on the road, uh, is just at an all-time high. So Jamal Murray has never uh, uh, crossed through the threshold of consistency, but maybe we see it for the first time because that confidence seemed unwavering in that last stanza there in game number two. So we predicted before the series started that Jamal Murray would average 30 points for this playoff series. Uh, that no one on the Lakers uh, could guard him at uh, at a high level on a, on a possession by possession basis he had 31 in game number one and 37 in game number two so that prediction um, is uh has been on the mark so far as was it for for game number two and again I've said this before you don't pat yourself on on the back in this business not many people will do it for you uh, if you could find one uh, good for you uh, but our final score prediction on the radio yesterday was 107 102. 107 102 nuggets final score in reality 108 103 so we pinned it down we thought the pace would go down uh that 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 the that the transition um uh, emphasis and the shot making I mean both teams shot it really well that that wasn't going to be sustainable they're gonna make some changes to the starting lineup and uh and all that stuff came true the the, the total on the game was 226 um and it goes it goes way under that. Okay, uh, moving to Jokic. I didn't think Jokic played great. Um, again, if you're just looking at the stat sheet, it's it tells a different story. But Jokic, by the standard that he has set for himself that we should judge him by, uh, I, I didn't think he played well. Shot it poorly, 9 of 21, 0 for 3 from 3, the game after being 3 for 3 from 3. Um, he finishes with uh, 23 points, 17 rebounds, and 12 assists. It's another triple-double. Fantastic. For the Joker, I just didn't think he brought the A-plus version of himself. Um, Looked like he was turning down shots at uh, at different points in the game. So we'll keep our eye on that. But we're not used to seeing Jokic um, uh, shoot under 50% in the way he did in Game 2. That being said, he did a million great things out there, right? Like what, what, what the standard is for Jokic is like the greatest player in the world. And one of the greatest players we've ever seen. So, you know, we take the, this um, this grading and this analysis of with a grain of salt, of course. Um, I thought Michael Porter Jr., again, was impactful on the glass. Uh, was 5 for 10 from the field. He finishes with 16 points. But again, it was the timely shot making from Porter. Like, Porter Jr., and you go back to the previous series here, even in these playoffs, um, has been has been pretty clutch, man has been pretty clutch. Even on nights where he's not shooting it well. Um he'll find a way like and we know uh, in previous series him going on like a, you know uh uh, uh, uh a solo eight oh run like to start a fourth quarter and it just propels the Nuggets like and there was some big shots down the stretch uh in that fourth quarter when uh the Nuggets were pulling away from Los Angeles. Um and he was a big part of it. And and defensively, again, and we've been harping on this um that he has just Uh, not been an albatross defensively go back and watch the playoffs that he was last in and watch the, and go back and watch the bubble uh, uh, against the Lakers. Like they would pick on him. Teams were picking on uh, Michael Porter jr. So you just don't really see that anymore. Like we're not seeing this like clear out or try to get Porter into a switch um, and, and just sort of attack him. We're not, we're really not seeing that and so what a testament uh, to Porter uh, in that department because it's 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 underrated, um, but we we're putting a high emphasis on it here uh, on this show. Uh, Bruce Brown played great again. That guy is a dog. I don't know if he's um, uh, has something personal against Los Angeles or he's just talking himself um, into just you know the, the 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 most rabid kind of competitor, but and I don't know how much was uh, captured on TV, maybe all of it, maybe none of it, not sure, uh, because I didn't go rewatch the game yet. Um, And just watching it down from the arena, after every shot Bruce Brown made, quite literally, he's like looking at the Lakers bench and like barking at them. And it just seems personal, and I absolutely love it. When you talk about like, you know, we've talked about this in years past with the Nuggets. Um, It's like, hey, do you have like enough dogs? Do you have like... That guy that, you know, that, that role was played by like Paul Millsap in the bubble, the you will not tread on me guy. You know, the the the, the Dennis Rodman type, the Charles Oakley type, the Kendrick Perkins type, um, you know, that can swing a series. And although Bruce Brown is a lot more skilled than some of the other guys I just mentioned from years past, uh, he's got this FU to him. And credit to Michael Malone uh, for extending his minutes and reading the situation. Uh, he played 30 Seven minutes off the bench, and KCP um, was was cool with it. Has been cool with it, um, and it just goes kind of back and forth, just depending on the game. So you got to know the temperature of the game and go with um go with your gut, go with your instinct. That's what Michael Malone did, and uh, and it paid off in a way uh, in, in a big way. Bruce Brown was really instrumental. And how about D'Lo blocking a shot on the one possession and like saying something? And Bruce Brown's like, "Shut the f- up! And, like, are you serious? Are you serious?" and it's so perfect because d'angelo russell his plus minus was a minus 16 bruce brown his plus minus was a plus 16 so um un- unbelievable great stuff you'll love to see it i had a stat here in my notes um where is it uh it's getting lost i got so much stuff going on guys um Between the podcast, between the radio show, between formatting the radio show, between doing uh, content for Superbook, between doing hits around the country, um, it's been crazy. I am, uh, for the first time here, in real time, so in real time, at the time of recording, it's 10.08 a.m., in 18 minutes, uh, for the first time in my life, I'm going on uh, national radio, uh, on ESPN radio, um, and what we're going to do is, what we're going to try to do is, we're going to pluck that conversation uh, and slap it at the end of this podcast. So you know, uh, a lot's been said. hey, national media, not paying attention to the note uh, uh, to, to the nuggets. Well, the national media, ESPN radio is calling uh, me. And we're going to try to make an impact. I don't know. We're going to be ourselves, right? I mean, so, um, so we're going to slap that conversation at the end of this podcast, and it's just going to air in raw form. Okay, so just understand with the context when that conversation's over, the podcast is over. So, um, but uh, really looking forward uh, to that as well. Um, okay, here's a stat on D'Angelo Russell that I found while I was rambling. Um, the Lakers are now through two games are minus forty one. With D'Angelo Russell on the floor, minus forty-one when D'Lo is out on the floor. You know what they are without him? Plus thirty. Whoa, that is remarkable contrast. And if I'm Darvin Ham, I need to take a long look uh, at just about everything um, and uh, and 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 try to recalibrate. Um, okay. Uh, Game three in Los Angeles. Um, it's going to take everything, okay? I, I, I don't even think that needs to be said, but I'm just going to say it. Um, have you heard that the NBA playoffs, the home team, the role players play better? Yeah, um, that's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I know everyone says that, but it deserves to be said. Um, cliches become cliches for a reason, because they're consistently true. Um, so, look, I do think the Lakers are going to win game three. Uh, it would be easy for me to come on here um, and give uh, another Nuggets prediction, uh, a a Game 3 win. Um, There's just something about what I saw for the first three quarters uh, in addition to what you expect to see from role players who haven't played necessarily uh, great, uh, whether that's D'Angelo Russell, um, uh, Austin Reeves has been really good, Um, Hachimura has been really good, uh, but some of the um, more peripheral guys like uh Dennis Schroeder uh, who has been lackluster uh Lonnie Walker in his uh minutes has been lackluster um so yeah, uh I'm not I don't have great conviction on it. I'm just almost like giving wiggle room um to the desperation and the first game at home. I do think the nuggets will turn around and win game four. I do. And that's really the point here. And it really doesn't matter for me personally what game the Nuggets take in Los Angeles. Um, and I'm not reinventing the wheel here. You just got to win one. Like, you, you, you just got to win one of those two. So I really don't care in which the order that it falls. But I do think the more likely outcome, if I'm predicting a Lakers victory in one of those two games, is game three. So that's just sort of my logic behind it. Um, but we'll see how it all shakes out. Um I I do want to mention this, and and this was the theme of the series before it started. This was my biggest uh, 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 theme and takeaway um, after the dust settled after game one. And even more so, it's doubly true for me after game two. I just don't think over a seven-game series, over seven games, not just game three, but over seven games, the sustainability and repeatability of LeBron James and Anthony Davis playing 40-plus minutes. I just do not believe it. And until I see it, I will not believe it. And I say that with all due respect. Both of those guys are going to the Hall of Fame, and one is in a separate wing, okay? But until I see it, I won't believe it. I think LeBron James is very tired. And let me tell you a quick story from pregame, okay? So I'm there super early, a couple hours beforehand. LeBron comes out and does a pregame warm up. Okay, but the doors are open now, and now fans are starting to gather, and everyone's all eyes are on LeBron. Every one of his movements, it's you know, it's he is just a magnet. I've never seen anything like it. Kobe maybe, Kobe, Kobe Kobe had this magnetism too, Um, but it's just next level. It's it's beyond just an NBA star. It's just this different class of this beast, this goat. Um, at the end of the workout, so he has shot. He's worked out for twenty to 25 minutes okay probably 20 minutes and he throws the ball up and goes to dunk it he misses it and it wasn't he wasn't trying to do a windmill he wasn't trying to do anything crazy he was just trying to catch it with two hands and dunk it he missed it It wasn't high enough wasn't so high he was throwing it down so hard no he wasn't high enough so now lebron just missed a dunk in everyone so he goes back out to the three-point line and he throws the basketball up again he tries to dunk it with one hand missed it again not because he was so high, he just you know threw it off the heel of the rim. No, he wasn't high enough again. It took a third time, and he t- had to take off his Bose or Beats headphones and finally complete a dunk. And I'm, I'm sitting there watching this with um, ESPN's Dave McMiniman, and we're talking for you know five or ten minutes beforehand. I just turned to him. I'm like, hey, I, I know he's not in a full lather. I know it's not in the middle of the game, and it'll look different. But it is kind of shocking for me to see LeBron James and just the physical freak he has been struggle to dunk a basketball in front of people when he's trying to. It was just weird. And then you see the game take place and you see how tired those legs were two and a half hours later in the fourth quarter. Him settling from three. I mean, his struggles from three are now being well documented. No one has had a greater drought in these playoffs from three in the fourth quarter than LeBron James. He's been awful because the legs have been tired. He's no longer in the half-court setting trying to take the basketball to the hoop. I thought we were going to see more bully ball. We're not seeing it. He does not have the physical burst to get by his first defender the way that he did even earlier in the season. He's tired, guys. He's 38. Like, he's got so many miles on him. He's like, I mean, it's an old Wrangler that's got 300,000 you know, 400,000 miles on it. And those things are still reliable and have a high resale value, but it doesn't mean it's not old. <laughs> it doesn't mean it doesn't need uh, a more maintenance than it used to need. And when you're playing every other night, I just think there's an accumulative accumul- a, a, a effect to a degree that it's going to uh, reveal itself more and more once we get to game four, once we get to game five. Um, I just think it's going to become obvious uh, the way that it's starting to right now. Plus, in addition to that, LeBron rolled his ankle during the game. And so I'm just seeing a guy who is, uh, 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 can't make a bucket from three uh, in the fourth quarter because he's got tired legs, can't get to the basket on a routine basis. He gets to the basket now when things are going downhill in transition or is super disjointed. Um, and he's got a, a wider crease that he didn't used to need. Um, so, yeah, that's problematic because uh, that has been a big, huge part of his game. But you saw there in that first half, there was like three, four, five instances where he's going to the basket and just can't get all the way there and finish. Just missing a layup. I mean, how about him going to that, you know, rock the uh, cradle reverse that's like muscle memory from him. He's been doing that since his rookie year. And the ball just coming out of his hands. How about with a five-point game left, you know, uh, in in late stages of the fourth quarter where they inbound the ball and he like uh, uh, a free safety, you know, shoots across the floor, intercepts the pass. He's got an open layup that he used to dunk, like, but he just missed it. That would have cut it to three. Would have been a one-possession game, and and one of the greatest players of all time couldn't couldn't uh, deliver in that moment. And um, I just think that theme is not going away. I think you can I think you can muster that all that one more time in your first game at home, but then you got to turn around forty eight hours into it again. There's no layoffs here. We're going every other day till this puppy's over. And that just, uh, once again, uh, lends itself to the younger, hungrier team. And I'll use the same analogy I've been using. In every life cycle in the jungle, in every life cycle out on the plains, the big bad lion, the biggest, strongest alpha uh, gorilla, it gets taken down by Simba, who's all grown up. And that fully grown Simba in this scenario is the Denver Nuggets and I just uh, I couldn't be more excited uh, to see how this thing ages I think the Denver Nuggets for the first time are going to the NBA finals so Lisa Salters Mark Jackson buckle up pay attention Keyshawn Johnson Mike Greenberg fill in the blank everyone is going to have to watch the Nuggets uh here uh, over the next uh, three weeks and I just I absolutely love it I'm so here for it um so here we go here we go can't get better in a 2-0 lead it's not a promise it's not a guarantee but uh it's the best case scenario here uh at this stage in the game all right guys we're gonna leave it there for now thank you so much uh for being with me here on the podcast I am so excited uh I am like thrilled to be coming in here and doing this uh, I hope you are too. Shout out everyone who said hello down at Ball Arena. You guys make me feel great when you do that, by the way. that You're, you're not bothering me ever um, when, when when you come up and say, hey, love the show, or hey, love the podcast. Uh, hey, you guys make me laugh. Hey, love the point about da-da-da-da. Um, so uh, I love it. Shout out to you guys. If you think we this podcast deserves five stars, we would love that um, for sure. Uh, if you'd ever want to share it with a friend, that's the best way to grow this thing. Uh, shout out to our um, sponsor of this podcast, uh, Superbook Sports, Superbook.com, the Superbook app. Um, and we're going to leave it there for now, okay? Uh, enjoy game three, okay, on Saturday evening. We may not record until Monday morning. I'm not sure. I may just ask a producer to come in here on a Sunday, and I'll pay him on the side uh, out of my pocket. Um, but I'm just not sure on that yet. So worst case, we'll, we'll be recording on a Monday morning. Uh, reacting to game three and previewing game four later that day. So, whatever happens in game number three in Los Angeles, you already know. We're going to be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast.
1: And Zach By, co-host of Stokely and Zach on 104.3 in Denver, answered the bat signal. We appreciate it, Zach. We want some expertise here. And you are in this market. You know this team better than anybody. We really appreciate the insight. Now, I've had some people tell me, and I want you to kind of give me a gauge on this. The, the relationship between the city of Denver, Nuggets fans, and Jamal Murray hasn't always been the best because of his rehab time from his injury had people feeling some kind of way. He goes off last night. What's the relationship like between Nuggets fans and Jamal Murray?
0: Well, I'll tell you this, guys. Well, first of all, it's an honor to be on your program. Thanks for having me. Uh, on a day like today, uh, everyone is feeling great about Jamal Murray. Uh, <laughs> nice. The the the, the, t- the time away from the Nuggets feels like ancient history considering uh, what he has done in these playoffs. And it, I'll, t- I'll tell you this, guys. Uh, Nuggets Nation was divided on how they felt about Jamal Murray taking so much time to come back because the team had cleared him, but he didn't quite clear himself and said he needed to get over the mental hurdle. And I'll just say this, for the half of Nuggets Nation that was patient during that process and empathetic to Jamal Murray, you are getting paid out the dividends for your patience when you see him score 23 points In the fourth quarter last night, Jamal Murray has scored more points in the first uh, two fourth quarters of this series than Anthony Davis and LeBron James combined in the fourth quarter in in the game one in game two. So Jamal Murray is the hottest name in Denver right now. Uh, His lack of consistency has prevented him from all-star status. But I'll tell you what, when he gets on the biggest stage, he, he is proving. Whether it was a 40-point uh, game in, 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 in the first series and the second series and now going for 37 uh, in, in a game two uh, in Denver, uh, this guy has proved, while he hasn't quite yet crossed through the threshold of consistency uh, so you know what you're going to get every single night, his best moments, guys, are as good as anyone in the NBA. I want to say that again, when he's at the peak of his powers, and this is now the fourth time in his career where he has scored 20 points or more in a fourth quarter, that's the most of any player in the last 25 years. So again, I'm not saying he's Jason Tatum or, or, uh, or, or Devin Booker, but I am saying when he is burning his brightest, he is as good as anyone else in this league.
2: And Zach, I got to tell you, um, Mm. being a guy who went through an ACL injury, and I know that the mental part, the mental hurdle, is just as important as the physical coming back from it. I would tell fans that half that was upset with him that that was probably selfish of them. Because until you actually go through an injury like that and understand what the rehab is like and also the mental hurdle that you got to climb to get that to a point. And it's different for me playing football and Jamal Murray playing basketball because agilities are being used differently within the two sports. So he has to 100% make sure he's right before he comes back, uh, even if a doctor does clear you. Because you can live in your body for, let's just say, 21 years. How is someone outside going to tell me how my body's feeling? So... I'm glad he took the time and we're seeing the benefits of him waiting, you know, to play the game of basketball to when he was 100% and ready to go. Now, I got to ask you this. High hype is Denver right now.
0: Oh, my gosh, it's such a hot sports town, guys. I mean, if you think about just the, the last couple of years, and unfortunately the Russell Wilson stuff didn't age well. We'll see how that goes uh, uh, with Sean Payton <laughs> but, 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 uh, and, and, and let's ride. But but last year, last year, the Avalanche go and win a Stanley Cup in one of the most dominant cup runs we have seen in NHL history, and we got to have a parade here. Uh, a year ago, and now we're starting to talk about can we stack the parades? Can Denver be, uh, you know, Title Town USA for the here and the now? Um, and so when I'm in ball arena uh, in game number one and game number two and game number one, you know, there's that crazy possession at the end and the ball ends up in Jamal Murray's hands and he throws the alley-oop to Aaron Gordon to close the game. Or last night when Jamal Murray is knocking down his fifth three-pointer uh, of the fourth quarter. That building is as hot as any Colorado Avalanche moment a year ago. It's as hot as any Denver Bronco game uh, in recent memory. Uh, I, would, I would put, and it took a few years to get up to this point. I'm not going to lie to you. Because if you went to a Lakers-Nuggets game even three, four years ago, you would see 30, 40% of the crowd Lakers fans. Uh, but this fan base is so hungry right now, and this climb that the Nuggets have been on. And, 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 and that's what I want to emphasize to, to you guys and your audience. The NBA is about a climb. It is not an add water and stir league. It is not the NFL. It's not the NHL. You, you typically have to go through some stuff before you get to the summit that you're climbing. And I don't care if you're Scotty and Mike against the Pistons or Shaq and Kobe against the Jazz or LeBron against the Celtics. you got to have some scars before you get to the top of that mountain. And the Nuggets have been climbing that mountain for years. And this fan base has sort of grown with the climb. I would say, guys, in general, it's a Broncos town first and foremost. And, and then if the other three teams are good, it's probably Avalanche second and then Nuggets third. And a big part of that is, the Nuggets guys, and I'm sure you know this, but but it bears repeating, not only have the Nuggets never won a championship, they've never been to the NBA Finals. They've never beaten the Lakers in a playoff series. The last time they were in the Western Finals, bounced by the Lakers. The time before that in 2009 with Carmelo, uh, it bounced by the Lakers. You go back to the, the 70s, bounced by the Lakers. So they've never beaten the Lakers in a series. So... Everyone can kind of taste it right now. When teams go up 2-0 to zero in the conference finals, you go on to win 91% of the time. This fan base can taste it, and they are sizzling hot because
1: of it. Zach, I know we got to let you go, but i got to ask you one more because you've watched so much of the Nuggets. What are you expecting from the Nuggets, having watched them at home and on the road all year? What are you expecting from this team in Game 3?
0: You know, I think they're going to get the Lakers a best possible punch. Um, the Lakers were in the, in the driver's seat uh, for 80% of game number two. Uh, I do think that the Lakers uh, will find a way to win game three. I, I am not some you know, uh, eternal you know, Denver homer. Uh, it's going to take everything. But here's, here's my biggest focus, and I thought this was the biggest focus in the series going into it, and I feel like what my eyes are telling me, uh, that focus has been validated, and that's this, the accumulative effect. Of playing a seven game series that goes every other night. Guys, we're not taking two days off. We're going every other night until this series is over. And 38 year old LeBron James, averaging 40 minutes a game. I know Anthony Davis' birth certificate says he's 29, but that's not what the uh, odometer says with him. I think, and my eyes are telling me with LeBron James, LeBron James is in the worst three point fourth quarter shooting slump uh, of any player in these playoffs, and it's not by accident. They're all short. He's tired, guys. These guys are tired. And despite my belief that they'll go on and win game uh, three, I do believe Denver will win game four because asking these guys who have uh, uh, had load management is such a big part of their uh, life the last couple years and especially this season. And even in, in these playoffs up until this point, you get two, three days off not in the conference finals, I think that ultimately will cost the Lakers. Uh, So, again, despite my prediction of the Lakers capturing game three, I do think the Nuggets grab game four, and I think this is actually a shorter series uh, than even I myself anticipated from the outset because the Nuggets are the younger, hungrier team. And I'll leave you guys with this. In every life cycle in the jungle, in every life cycle out on the plains, the biggest lion, the alpha gorilla, They get taken down by the young, hungry, full-grown Simba. And the Simba in this series is the Denver
1: Nuggets. (laughs) dude, I could listen to you talk on this all day. This is amazing. I love it. We really appreciate your expertise on this. I hope you'll come back and hang out with us again. We love this level of breakdown on the Nuggets. Thanks for hanging out with us, Zach.
0: It was an honor to join you guys. You guys have my number, and when the Nuggets go to the NBA Finals for the first time ever, I'd love to come back and break down that series. Oh, hell yes. yes.
1: sir. Zach by co-host to Stokely and Zach on 104.3 in Denver. You can check that show out from 11 to 2 p.m. in Denver. Make sure you give them a listen. Thank
0: you for tuning in the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.